Hello, everyone. I'm Patrick, and this is Cave to the Cross Apologetics. And uh, no Tony today, which is fine, because uh, if he was here, I'd probably step over him just to uh, get more questions in from our guests. Uh, I'm a really big fan of our guest, and um, uh, uh, it's pr probably best that he's not here. So uh, let me introduce uh, Robert Murphy. Uh, Dr. Murphy is a research assistant professor at the Free Market Institute at Texas Tech University. He's also a senior economist at the Institute for Energy Research, a research fellow with the Independent Institute, an associate scholar senior fellow with the Mises Institute, and a senior fellow with the Fraser Institute in Canada. His, research, uh, his current research focuses on economics of climate change, which he's also testified in front of Congress with, as well as the impact of uh, minimum wages. He's earned his BA in economics from Hillsdale College, so once again, we have a tie-in to the great state of Michigan. And his PhD in economics is from New York University. Uh, he has authored numerous scholarly articles and energy policy studies, over 100 popular publications for lay audiences, and multiple books, including in, uh, Politically Incorrect Guide to Capitalism, The Great Depression, The New Deal, The Primal Prescription, Contra Krugerman, Smashing the Errors of America's Most Famous Keynesian, his newest one, and two of uh, my absolute favorite books just in general, Choice, Cooperation, Enterprise, and Human Action, uh, which he's uh, taken uh, Mises's uh, tome and, and distilled it down to people uh, uh, that, can, that can read it like me, and a textbook for junior high students, which I'm currently reading, uh, Lessons for the Young Economist, which is available for free uh, from the Mises Institute. And if you ever want to read uh, uh, Murray Rothbard's Man, Economy, and State, uh, get uh, Dr. Murphy's uh, study guide because I always, I always say it's, it's like reading um, uh, uh, A Clockwork Orange. There's, there's this like made up language in it. And so if you kind of put the book down and you walk away from it, you completely forget what that type of language is. So you have to get rolling again. And so <laughs> Rothbard's pretty much the exact same as you, you really just need something to go back and kind of test you on what you make sure you know. So um, he also hosts uh, three podcasts, including, including Contra Krugman, The Laura Murphy Show, and the aptly named The Bob Murphy Show. So Dr. Murphy, uh, again, thank you for joining us here. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Glad to do it. Yeah. Um, the first question is pretty much just for me. Uh, and so I, I can imagine what it's like to be Brad Pitt in the sense that how famous he is probably just, uh, you know, leaps and bounds what I probably can imagine. How is it for you being the Brad Pitt of economists, <laughs> for at least me? Um, in, in what, I mean, I, so I, I appreciate that. I, I mean, you were, you, you just, you emailed me before the saying that you're riding a train. I'm assuming if I'm on that train, I am just deluging you with handshakes and, and attaboys <laughs> and just, um, uh, so it had, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but it is, I mean, so obviously like if I go to a libertarian conference or something, people there know me, there was one funny time I was at a, an economics conference and I was going down the escalator and you know, other people were going up. It was a big conference. It was like in DC or something. So there were hundreds of economists there. And I heard the, this one kid, like they didn't know that I was, I could hear him. And one kid goes to the other, they were younger. I'm so I'm calling them a kid. They were probably like 22 or something. And one goes, Hey, look, that's Bob Murphy. And his buddy goes, who's Bob Murphy. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Um, if this is the kind of thing, when I came out here to Chicago, when I was coming to look for an apartment, I was on the subway and, or the, the L train, they call it. And and somebody came up to me and he and he said, "Hey, you, you look like, you look like this guy," and he held up my Wikipedia entry like on his phone, and it you know it was in a show it sort of picture of me, yeah. and because though he didn't say like, "Hey, Bob, it's you know I'm a fan," or so he just said, "You look like this guy," and held that up. <laughs> 
I was playing it cool. Like I thought the kid was, you know, he did it funny. So I was just playing back with him and I was like, oh yeah, I do. And that's yeah. all. I, and I just, I didn't like break, you know, character <laughs> or anything, and I was just real dry. And, and then he just got quiet and turned away and he didn't say anything. And oh, then, come on. And so then I was worried, like what the heck? To, and so I finally, I, and I was trying to think of what to say. And I didn't want to say, are you a fan? Because that just seems so narcissistic. So I was like, <laughs> I said, oh, do you listen to the podcast? I came up with something neutral. Uh-huh. And he went, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what turned out that the reason he reacted like that to me, instead of saying like, you know, oh, hey, listen to your stuff or what, is because he right. said he had done that to someone else six months earlier. He had, but it wasn't me. He had gone up and erroneously said to someone, hey, you're Bob Murphy. And the guy was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so apparently this kid's, this kid's got a lot of false positives, but. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a huge fan. And uh, uh, I, I remember you and, 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 um, and uh, uh, your, your co-host for, for both um, the, uh, the Contra Kruger and uh, Tom Woods, uh, for those who might not know, um, we're talking about how no one really knows references The Simpsons or Seinfeld anymore. And so uh, my reference that no one will get anymore is that th- this summer has been the summer of Bob Murphy for me because I've been reading Choice for the second time. Uh, you just came out with Contra Krugman, so I had to—I of course had to pick that up, and and, and um, of course have it both in the ebook form and have Tom Woods read it to me, <laughs> and then also I'm I'm reading your um, lessons from the Uneconomist, and I actually have a physical copy of it because um, I, I've I've come to realize just how uh, integral economics is, and I want to teach it to my daughters, and I I wanted your textbook pretty much for them in the future. So well, I appreciate this that. This has been my summer of Bob. So, uh, well, and the, no. on that, I should mention just in case anyone does look at that. Yeah. That for that lessons for the young economist, that is supposed to be like a textbook. And that's one where I think you really ought to have the big physical book as opposed to just trying to look at the PDF. Cause there's lots of diagrams. Yeah, but it's amazing that uh, you and the Mises Institute have put it out there for free. Um, it, it really is, you know, I'm, I'm reading both Choice again. This is my second time because that was the very first thing I read of yours. And then uh, Lessons for the Young and So I always forget which one's which because, I mean, they're, they're both covering this, this, the same items, which is neat because uh, I, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm staying ahead in Choice. So that way, when I come to Young Economist, if there's something I don't get, then I don't feel as, as bad and I just, you know, <laughs> read it read it again. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so, so uh, one of my goals on here uh, was was to have you on because I, I believe there's there there's a, a kind of a hole within Christian circles and I, I believe that Christianity um, uh, there, there's no ground that God doesn't touch and so that that's one of the point of this podcast is to say hey there's a lot of philosophy books out there that people are scared of because if you hear philosophy you think oh you know there's people with beards and polyester and and tweed and and what have you and they're sitting on high and they're using words like you know uh, oughts and is and you know they're telling you that nothing is something and i'm saying no that there's a lot of good uh stuff within within these books where you know you, you might think oh well that's for somebody else i need i need it really dumbed down and so we're, we're offering this podcast is a, a way to kind of have a, a book study, if you will, mm-hmm. and say, let, let those two people do the heavy lifting because they read it and distill it down. And um, I, I, I feel that economics is one of those ones where I, other than a few points, uh, uh, you know, there's R.C. Sproul Jr. has a book and a few other people that have written about economics, but it seems to be more, um, you know, in general statements. And, and I know that you are, a full-fledged, uh, you know, a Protestant Christian, and 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 your your Christianity 
comes out within within your writing. And so I appreciate that about you. In fact, I've the first time I emailed you, I heard I heard about uh, uh, Dave Smith, mm-hmm. the comic Dave Smith, who at the time was an atheist before he was a deist or whatever he is now. And uh, he was giving you high praise as a Christian who was anti-war and had always been anti-war and made good points uh, as far as u- utilizing your Christian worldview to, to, to bolster up the fact that you were anti-war. It wasn't so much that it, it flowed out of your desire and then you filled in your Christianity to say, here's kind of the God of the gaps. You, 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 the, the way that you live your life is as a Christian and, and your, your podcast has, has that as, as well as you're a Christian and an economist. And I think, um, through, through living out your life in, in your work as well, um, you are proclaiming God's glory because of, of the truth that you're, you're representing there. So I know that's a, a big in, intro there, but, um, that's one of the reasons why I want to have you on. Cause I feel like that there's this kind of missing link between Christians and writing in non theological areas like economics. Oh, I, I mean, I obviously appreciate those words very much. And, uh, it's funny you say that because yeah, I'm working on a, a an episode of my podcast where I'm, I'm collecting more examples where I think I'm going to be kind of fu- try to be funny about it. And like the title will be something like, you know, libertarians, y'all need Jesus or something like that, because <laughs> just to show you know, in certain areas where and even Dave Smith recently, he had an episode, where he was talking with his you know, sidekick, Robbie and, Th- things about like the ethics of, and you know, what do we, he was making an analogy with the matrix and how in the matrix, you know, they say in the movie that, Oh, we're trying to rescue all these people, but until you get red pilled, you're actually the enemy. And that's right. And you know, and so in the, of course the movie, the matrix, that means you can kill those people. I mean, you know, Neo and they, they go around training, they, they waste a lot of people, not just the agents. Right. And so of course I don't think that's correct. So anyway, just things like that where, right. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I made that just that point on on, on our on our podcast recently mm. because we were talking about ethics and the the fact that if if you believe that we're in a, a simulation, uh, you know, does does morality still exist there and and can you ground it? And if 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 all people are are just these, uh, you know, people that are getting in the way, uh, d- don't don't we have to address the fact that they are living people who aren't you know machines? If we're trying to bifurcate. You know, humanity versus the machines. It seems odd that they just say, "Well, they're they're in your way." Mm-hmm. So, I, I, uh, your example is is perfect because, um, yeah, th- we 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 talked about that just just recently as well. Yeah. So, and it, just to not mislead your listeners who didn't hear that, so it, I, I would have to go review it, of course, before I put it in my thing. But it, it wasn't that Dave said. So, therefore, anyone who's not <laughs> <Kill> a libertarian, <laughs> you can get. But I mean, it, it it did you know leave open the idea of. Uh, I, in other words, I think there's a lot of libertarians who they they pull away from it because I think their common sense or their basic morality kicks in and they realize, you know, but some of their arguments would mean technically if you see someone with a Hillary bumper sticker, strictly speaking, oh, they're aggressors and you can do whatever you, you know what I mean? And it's, mm-hmm. and I don't, right. I don't think that's correct. And so there's lots of areas like that where libertarian theory only takes you so far and then you say, oh, what's left? And it's like, well, as a Christian, you know, I, I know, you know, I have a, a something that's more fundamental and it, it kind of, it's easy to answer those questions and you're not floundering around. Whereas if all you were really sure of was the non-aggression principle, that actually doesn't get you that far. Right. And, and I do want to talk about uh, how 
kind of politics, I think, has kind of infected the church a little bit as we as we get down here. Um, but I want to start out by by asking kind of a few basic questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, uh, in in one of his uh, Ask Doug podcast uh, uh, videos, Pastor Doug Wilson recently said that there needs to be a Christian take on free market economics, uh, especially from the Austrian or Chicago school, and that kind of piqued my interest a bit. And as I was reading um, Lessons for the Young Economist on page two, mm-hmm. uh, don't worry, I'm farther along than page two, but <laughs> you wrote, uh, the ability to think like an economist is a crucial component for your education. Only with sound economic thinking will you be able to make sense of how the world works, to make responsible decisions regarding grand political ideas as well as your occupation and mundane household finances. You must first decide to learn basic economics. So just in general, what is economics and why should we as Christians even care about it? Okay, great question. Um, so I think, huh? It's thinking like an economist. So this isn't this isn't something that I would put like in terms of the you know I would think longer and harder about it. And probably the way I'm motivated in the textbook chapters is uh, more eloquent. But the way of sort of thinking rationally through consequences and understanding the role of incentives and um, different institutional structures. And just how, uh, in particular, property rights are used and the consequences of of using them, and just seeing how people interact and solving the problem of of material scarcity. Um, and so, I, I think that's a there's a large area of human interaction. And I, I guess, see, it's it, it's not that I mean, so economics is certainly includes money, but it, it's more than just that. It's not just commercial right. transactions. Yeah. And um, and so I think I actually did I have it in there? no I think I had it in choice where I went through and I quoted from a bunch of different economists it's it's a it's a tricky subject when you ask like you look at different economics books and you like in the beginning like to say what's how are we going to delimit what our field of inquiry is and you know they they actually but it it's basically rational choice I, I think is is the 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 substance of what economics is and that's why. Ludwig von Mises titled his magnum opus human action. Okay. So when you say like, what's action he means as opposed to like reflexive behavior. So when you're, when human beings make decisions and we're interpreting them as, Oh, they're trying to accomplish some goal. That's, you know, purposeful behavior or what Mises would just call as action. So he, he doesn't use the word rational because to him that's redundant that by action, it means you're using your reason to try to achieve an end. And so that's what the rational or the, the scientific study of that's what's called praxeology and Mises' terminology. Um, so that's largely what economics is. So that includes narrowly commercial things. But in general, when people I, I would say like you could say think strategically, but that's I think that might be misleading to people. They might think it's just talking about games or, or some sort of you know a certain type of interaction. But in general, when people use means to achieve ends that's the scope of what economics focuses on. And then when you put those types of activities in the institutional context of having private property and money, then that's what most people think of. Oh yeah, that's, that's economics. Um, and so yeah. the, the reason, you know, why I study that, I mean, just as there's all sorts of other, like that's clearly not what physics is. Right. And so should any, should Christians be familiar with physics? I think so. Just to understand there's apparent rules that govern the material universe or, you know, energy and matter. And it's interesting to study that just to, one thing, understand God's creation, but also just help you make sense of the world. 
And likewise, there are patterns or rules, if you will, that um, emerge when you study that sort of purposeful behavior. And particularly when you put it in the context of private property and money, and that's what economics is. So um, I, I think that that's a, a wide open area that is rich for human inquiry. And in terms of just seeing the – it's like so now is you know, my Christian uh, perspective on it is that it's an amazing thing where God designed the order such that even when people are acting in selfish ways, they unwittingly end up promoting the, let's call it the general welfare. I'm going to be a little sloppy in terminology. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's, you know, this is standard stuff like, oh, you know, Joseph and his brothers, what you intended for evil, God, you know, used for good. Yeah. So I think you see that shining through. And of course, you know, the obvious reference here is Adam Smith's invisible hand. And let me just say this before I forget. What's funny is the, one of the papers I want to write is just a document when this misquotation came into vogue. But nowadays, if you ask a regular economist, hey, what did Adam Smith say? He'll say, oh, yeah, people act as if guided by an invisible hand. Right. But in the original yeah. thing, Smith didn't say as if. He just mm-hmm. said by an invisible, they're guided by an invisible hand. Right? right. So you believe that it was God's hand that he's talking about there? I, mean, I think so, or I suspect so. Yeah. I would want to investigate more, but for sure, the the actual I have not found Adam Smith ever saying as if that was introduced <laughs> later by economists, and then that got you know. So I grew up thinking the quote was as if, and then once I looked it up, and I was like, oh wait a minute, no, mm-hmm. it isn't. So yeah, I, I I believe that the uh, Christian Libertarian Institute uh, podcast recently did a a real good kind of breakdown of Adam Smith, mm-hmm. and in there, I I I I, I saw a kind of his his Christianity. Uh, 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 informing his his understanding of the wealth of nations, writing because he's talking about how uh, people we, we when we when we have kind of this free market system, we are using people's uh, fallen nature in order to get them to produce a benefit to mankind. So so by acting self selfishly, not selflessly, selfishly. Uh, we're 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 turning potential warlords who you know uh, two hundred three hundred years ago would have gained power through their might and are making the, or allowing them to to put that energy into uh, producing goods for people and saying haha now I've turned a profit mm-hmm. well good I mean everyone benefits from from that and so I think he, he's talking about man's fallen nature when, when he talks about their their selfish uh, kind of normal attitude. Yeah, I agree with all that. Also, too, just to give more of a better answer or fuller answer to your original question, as a Christian, too, just studying economics, I think, in particularly the strand of it that you you could call free market economics, for lack of a better term, um, it's – I think it shows – let me put it this way. A lot of the stuff that Jesus teaches, like on the Sermon on the Mount or something – it sounds crazy, right? And like the world says, no, no, that couldn't possibly work. That's a suicide strategy <laughs> if you were to do that. And so you see echoes of that sort of, you know, incredulity in political issues too. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Like you, you, you can't, like if you went back into the Middle Ages and, and they, there was like the, you know, the system of, uh, you know, people having different occupations just spelled out for them with guilds and so on. And you said, no, no, no how about just, 
anybody who wants to become a cobbler can become a cobbler. It's not that your dad has to have done that and train you and raise you, or you have to go find an existing master to train. Just, yeah, you want to be a farmer, go be a farmer. You want to be a painter, go do that. You want to be a carpenter, go ahead and just let anyone be what they want. And no one can force you to pick an occupation. I'm, you know, the, the average person would have said that's crazy because what if everyone chooses to be a farmer, then there's not going to be any carpenters. What if nobody decides to be a farmer? We're going to starve to death. That's nutty. And if you sat there and tried to say, oh, no, don't worry, wages would adjust, and that would give the feedback people would, that would sound stupid. That would, that would sound like a very risky thing, to say the least. And you know, they would probably tell you quite, you know, we, we have experience here. We clearly know that your system of free labor choice wouldn't possibly work. And yeah. so I, I, I like, yeah, so that things like that in general. So, you know, me, me coming more and more. So I was there was a period of atheism in my life, but I was still a free market economist at that stretch. So I'm saying that having that in my back pocket like that, I think, helps open up my mind to see the possibilities that, yeah, just because or the things Jesus teaches, even though that sounds like, oh, that couldn't possibly work. That, no, you're being too cynical and jaded. If, if people, if more and more people actually did this and listened to them, you just watch what would happen. You'll be amazed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked one of your kind of more recent episodes too on, um, on the immorality of, uh, slavery and not so much that, uh, you know, owning people is wrong because, you know, we can, we, even as Christians, we can, we can make that, um, that argument, but you talked about how, Putting them in, uh, putting slaves in in this kind of forced perspective doesn't allow them to kind of uh, reap benefits from their own uh, free free will produced labor. Um, it doesn't allow for them to want to, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, develop new technologies that they might. Where if you give them an incentive to to uh, kind of reap the benefit either through you know uh, uh, profit sharing or the ability to just break apart on your own and only only produce you know. iphones in the 1920s uh it it would have given them the ability to 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 do that and i thought that was just a a really great uh uh, take on on yes we can talk about the immorality of of slavery and it's it's interesting to see how paul doesn't really uh address that when he when he's talking to philemon he talks about you know love your brother as as a fellow christian and then if you do that you kind of get also added benefits and and one of those uh I think Paul kind of sees where where that's going to go. Where if if Christianity does take hold, which he I, I think he believes he's going to, then the entire Roman world falls apart. Uh, it just in 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 its labor mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, for for its servanthood, and it eventually did because one of the driving factors was well, if you're just using free free labor, who's hiring the free Romans to come in and, and do anything? Well, no one. So then you're going to have you know a, a problem just from free people not having work so yeah yeah what's and what's i mean appreciate that and what's funny there too is just you know to help your your listeners who aren't familiar with that line of argument there there were there's a whole group of historians and social scientists more generally who are arguing that u.s capitalism benefited greatly you know from the existence of slavery and so they're the reason they're doing that, you know, what, I mean, they would say, well, we're documenting historical things and we're, we're spreading the truth with our scholarship, but I'm saying to what end, what political goal is that serving is they want there to be a, a stain on capital. They're, they don't like capitalism. And so they can't deny that, oh yeah, the U S you know, produces more stuff than the Soviet union did or that, you know, communist Cuba did or North Korea. But 
we want to, you know, taint it somehow and say, okay, but it's guilty because it has this original sin of slavery. And so partly what I was pointing out in my work is, okay, but look at what you're doing. You're actually teaching people, if you just set aside the immorality of it, the way to prosperity is to enslave a fraction of your population. And are you sure you want to be teaching people that? Like, let's make sure that that's actually true. And so it's kind of funny when I'm going around saying, no, actually, the U.S. was poorer in 1850 because of the existence of slavery. Had they freed slaves, you know, in the year 1800, the U.S. would have been even richer in the year, you know, 1910 than it was otherwise. And so it's not true that U.S. prosperity nowadays can ultimately be tied to the the benefits of slavery, you know, putting aside the horrendous immorality of it. No, it's we're poorer now than we otherwise would have been, right? And, and yet right. that shocks a lot of people and they get real defensive when it's like, no, you know, especially for those whose careers are, you know, for, for academics who spend more time denouncing slavery than I do, it's funny that actually their dog in the fight is to say slavery is a very productive system. Like that's, that's right. kind of perverse when you think about it. Yeah. So we should all go back to that in case, you know, we can become too populous or something. <laughs> and, and I think it's, 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 I, I think it's interesting. Uh, maybe it's a correlation causation thing mm. where you have the industrial Re- revolution occurring Pretty much right after Reconstruction, finally, you know, for, you know, anyone can make a, a, a for better, for worse argument there. But, you know, once kind of the, the idea that Lincoln had of, of what it wanted to do to the South, um, I, I, the, you have this big boom. And it's kind of a, a, a worldwide thing because you've you've gotten away from war, especially in America. You've, you've got the ability to compete with still within states' rights at the time before, you know, uh, Wilson and Roosevelt come about. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I think that there's not a uh, – it, 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 the Industrial Revolution happened when it did just, just because. You know, I, I think there was, there was um, the, the ability for people to, to understand own property way more and, and people to be free to – to do more what the what they want, right? And I'm not enough of a historian. You're right. I mean, clearly those two things go hand in hand. And yeah, the question's just which caused which. It, the other possibility is that it was the ideas of classical liberalism and so forth. You know, the idea of, of of yeah, like limited government and and so forth, and people should be able to choose their occupation. That once that started, you know, then. And you had experiments in that, that that spelled the doom of slavery, you know, as more and more people became free laborers and so on. 